I just need time to be slow and and to think things through. That's all. That's all. That's it. 20 minute episode. We've got this. <laughs> no, this is not going to be 20 minute episode. No. <laughs> no. Oh, Lord. All right. That's okay. Fine. Let's totally fine. Let's get started. I think this will be good content, by the way. What, what we need to say, anyhow, like I said in the audio message to Jess, I'll get started with the intro. Welcome to What's Left, the weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barco with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, and writer and teacher Jessica. Uh, we're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our blog um, in the episode notes. You can also find our personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZPKE at ZPKE for Kenny Cepeda's uh, account, who is currently on sabbatical. And uh, that's the Instagram accounts, and for Jess's Twitter handle, at jhomie89. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode where you found this episode. Uh, and one other note, uh, you can find our um, our swagger, uh, our shirts, if you would like a shirt of what's left uh, in the episode notes. Uh, we did an episode last week on shirts, and you can um, uh, check that out in the episode notes below with the link to it. Thank you. All right. So, we're discussing today transgenderism, yes? Uh, I think this is something that we've kind of talked about on and off, another um, offline. I don't know, I think I may have had some hesitancy around it, and uh, but you really pushed for it this week, Andy, so why don't you start it off since you pushed for it this week, and I was not content with that. <laughs> Um, well, I've wanted to have this conversation for some time, almost for a year, really, maybe even earlier, later, later than that, since we had that episode where we, we posited the notion of what is the connection between trans, the transgender movement and the, the ruling class push for transhumanism and the fourth industrial revolution. Um, and Jake was on that episode and what came out of that, I felt was a difference from between myself and Jessica, and I would that I would frame as like think her framing it as like the transgender the transgender movement is not really a movement; it's a push by the elites or ruling class for a transhumanist agenda, and it's a it's a, an ideological shaping operation. It's part of a psyop almost. That's how I mm. heard it. At least. Um, so she's really going to say what she's really about today. So that's that's fine. But I've wanted to really get more deeper into that because I, I don't think I agree with that. I can see elements of that, but I don't think that is the full that is a full characterization of what I think is going on in relationship to people who um, may may want to change or change their gender, uh, whether that be in, a, in all sorts of different ways. Um, so and I, and I can understand why they might want to do that. So and I think they've yeah. been a press group. So. Anyway, uh, this this is a conversation I've wanted to get into so we can just sort of see where we're at. And I think it is a question for the freedom, liberty, fighting the transhumanist agenda, fighting the fourth industrial revolution, because I think there are, from my opinion, most people in that movement, whether they be from, hail from historically from the left or from the right, 
um, have largely taken the idea that the transgender movement isn't a movement and that it's something, in some ways, it's a set of ideas to be fought against. That's how I hear it, at least. So I want to yeah. see if we're, if we're on the same page here. Uh, Jess, did you want to add anything to it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, so when we decided to do this, I, I called you, um, I spoke to you, Andy, and I said I, I had some hesitancy because I feel as if I have, I shared with Jess and both of you uh, podcasts on my, my, my viewpoint as a Mexican and uh, on trans issues, the way I see it culturally, different from identity politics in the USA. It still overlaps because obviously I, I still feel there are um, uh, left-leaning ideologies in my mind about how I see this. And as I listen to Jess's uh, resource on, on YouTube, the, um, the, what she shared on with, I forget her name at this moment. Did you, you're talking about the Jennifer Billick interview that I uh -huh. saw? From the 11th hour blog? Yes, Jennifer Billick, that's right. And so um, I was listening to it. And as I was listening to it, I, I, I realized that uh, I, I was feeling just the same way in the way that the interviewer was saying that it's hard to escape sort of the left-leaning ideology around this. It's everywhere. And you're going to be it hard. It's hard to think outside of how you you've been influenced. And so I will do my best, but I also feel like I have personal experiences um, that are, that are to me important, my relationships to begin with. And uh, I have also talked about sex work on, on, on what's left. And that also is influential. And lastly, I also think that it's important that like, I just um, acknowledge that I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm still evolving around certain issues. So I, I'll, I'll be thinking about this and also, maybe take on a position differently than what I did before. So that's also important to note. I'm not sure I have a whole lot to add in terms of framing. I mean, yeah, I, we talked about this issue. I mean, we've talked about it off, off air, um, off and on. But yeah, I don't know. Just thinking back to when we d actually did the episode on it a year ago. I think I was, <laughs> I was like, I got pretty frustrated, honestly, during that episode because I, I think it was probably the most not surprised, but yeah, I mean, we we disagree, like the four of us, you know, Kenny included, like we've definitely had plenty of differences of opinion on different things. But I I think that for me, since I've joined What's Left, was like the biggest like, whoa, okay, there is like a huge divide in how we're seeing reality. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see, like, I'm really curious what you just said, Eduardo, like how you might have shifted a little bit in, you know, however that's manifesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try to not like walk on eggshells. because <laughs> more comfortable with you than I was a year ago. Um, and I also, like I was saying before we hit record, like I'm kind of tired too. And like impatient of not with you guys, but just of having this conversation uh, about what to me feels like the most obvious, like basic realities of being human in the world. And I mean, the only thing I can kind of relate that experience to is 
that feeling like at the beginning of COVID when you're, when you were talking to people and suddenly like, there's just this rift of like, Oh my God, like these people aren't even in the same, like they're not living in the same reality. They're not living in the same paradigm as I am. And how do you, like, how do you navigate that? Right. Like, it's not just like a a, a little, like, Oh, we're going to hash this out. and <laughs> like, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. And, and I, it is a huge, for me, like it's, it's such a huge transgender ideology is such a huge, uh, what's the right word? Um, arm of the fourth industrial revolution in my mind that it feels like big for me. Like we're, we're walking around town, the four of us with t-shirts that say we're against the fourth industrial revolution. So it's like, yeah, I feel like this issue is like it I would like to be I don't know. I feel like we need to be clear even if we're disagreeing. I want to be clear about like what does that mean? So, I invite listeners and viewers to um uh listen slash view the two uh episodes of um I forget the the presenters or the the YouTubers channel's name of what Jess shared with me and she will I have the links below for the episode in the episodes because that's what I really did appreciate from just when I asked her what I I I needed, and those rest those those um those episodes were different from what I'm used used to hearing about or any uh, anti-trans or however someone else might be, but um normally when I hear something around um I'll just say anti-trans for now you could say it differently uh, just but i'll just say anything that around t- anti-trans uh, uh discourse i hear religion in it underneath and i have a big trigger around religion because it's all just um it's based on someone's belief and it's not based on like like how i can talk about it with other people who don't share the same beliefs so for me the issue and i get triggered i was raised and left-leaning uh, environments, but raised a conservative. I've already shared in this in this episode that I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, but I was raised in environments that were very left-leaning. So Mexico City is very left-leaning. Has had same-sex marriage before, este, before um, uh, the USA did, and uh, I, I was also in in San Francisco. And I've been I've I've gone to Europe as as adolescent. And in Paris is obviously very left-leaning. Amsterdam, so so much so. So uh, even though I was raised a conservative. I have very left-leaning ideology surrounding me all the time. Uh, so most of that rhetoric, most of the people that are talking about trans issues or anti-trans issues, they are talking in terms of God. And I just completely just dismiss. Immediately, my dismissal is, you know what? Like, I, I don't have any, there isn't much we can discuss except that you're you're basing it off of God. And that's that's what, that's here, that's, that's, uh, that depends on individuals. Like I can't really say much that. So you're wrong in my head that I'm sorry for anyone that might get offended to that. If anyone was listening to that and you might be religious, but it's just, doesn't, it doesn't have any substance for me. The episodes that I listened to that just shared with me were very different. We're not around God and religion, at least not everything that I heard of. Not every, like I didn't hear anything that was before. It was really, it was, a. Uh, it was good. It was a very good uh, argument. And I will say that there are certain 
things that I'm disagreeing and agreeing. Here's what I will, I, I feel I, I, I agree with. There are differences between men and women. For me, there are differences. Biologically, I'm not able to, I'm, I'm, I, I, I was born with a penis. I was born with, uh, uh, and, and I, I'm considered, I, I'm, I consider myself to be a man. And I understand that I will never have the experience that if I may use you as an example, Jess, or you can tell me otherwise, I will never be able to reproduce uh, and have uh, for nine months or however many months to be able to procreate and to have a child and to give labor. I just won't be able to have that. And um, there are also hormonal differences. I understand that very well that this I agree with. I'm not into this whole ideology on the left that we're just simply not different at all. There's no differences at all, which is what I hear constantly in the left-leaning media and I hear in like university kind of academia. Um, so I do think that hormones do uh, have a factor in the way that you think, in the way that you perform, including food. Uh, all of that takes into account. So I do think that um, uh, incremental or, or even strong uh, chemical changes in differences between men and women. I, I, that's my belief. I've had this discussion with my friend Jake, who also had this discussion, and he says, like, you know what? The left is trying to blur the lines. There is no blurring. It's straight up left. It's, 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 it's women and men. Where I think that it gets tricky is that there is a small percentage, and there are people who are intersex, and they have um, uh, both genitalia, and they are also influenced by the chemicals that, they, that, that it's been um, uh, in, in, their, in their hormonal changes. But there is no... Um, it's it's not as binary as we can say. So that's my that's my personal sense. Um, the second point um, to this uh, to the episode that were shared with me, uh, I I wasn't very aware that there are corporate uh, agendas trying to uh, monopolize uh, trans uh, the trans movement. Uh, there were names that were mentioned. I didn't have time to look at every other. Uh, like the um, corporatization and the names that were given of individuals that are quote, I'll just use their, uh, what do you call it? Autogelic? Um, 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 what's the word? Autogynophilic. Uh, autogynophilic. Yeah. From people who have, uh, who are, are backing those kind of movements. Um, I'm not as aware. And I now I am because of those um, by Jennifer Bellick. Bellick is, is that right? Jess? Um, where I defer here is that I believe if you look at, like I took some courses on a, a, in sexuality, uh, anthropology courses on, on sexuality. I, had, I think that sexuality is one of the areas of humans that uh, is very complex. And I think that there have been so many indigenous cultures with uh, this, what I'll just use for conventional use, third gender. Um, so I think that there has always been uh, historically in our cultures as humans, uh, different, not just in same-sex relationships, but also people who have um, uh, taken on uh, masculine or uh, representative, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, they've just switched to the other gender for their societal sake. For example, in Alaska, um, the Inuits uh, would, if they had daughters and they wouldn't have um, a male uh, uh, firstborn or not even a male, then for their family and for their to be able to take care of their family, they would have to marry off uh, the firstborn female um, uh, and, and perform as a man, have to take male duties and get married with another female. And so that's 
before, like this whole uh, trans issues that I think that have been more prominent since the 80s, uh, which more so gay issues, but like have recently been. So this is prior to um, um, corporatist movements uh, co-opting the trans movement. So I, I do think that that's an example of how um, even in Mexico, for example, Mushes in Oaxaca, uh, there are um, um, biologically men, biological men who have um, take on uh, the status or the gender role of a woman in the society, and they are quite accepted in in in, in indigenous culture. So. These are just some of the examples. There's so much more that I had in my mind that I could share, and I don't want to take up too much time right now, but that I feel that has transcend, like way before it has always been around. And so I'm curious, and this is where I'm going to ask you, just like, um, where does that fit in in like feminist movements? Like that is how also I feel um, would be uh, the question, like human sexuality, uh, gender roles, uh, are all kind of um, complex topics for it just to be sort of like, all right, well, they should just we should just stick maybe just to women and men having their distinct roles, and that's how it should be. So the third point I also wanted to talk the point I was going to say was I feel as if um, there isn't anything me personally. I don't know if I have any qualms with people dressing or undressing in what society is considering what is masculine or feminine representations of what women and men are like i don't really care if people want to dress as women or women want to dress as men according to our current societal standards of what that means i think i believe in civil liberties and i just don't care what people do in their private lives I understand that everything trickles down. And I know that as this uh, episode that was being shared with me uh, by Jennifer Bielik, um, girls are very vulnerable. I, I agree with that, very vulnerable. And they could potentially be influenced to, uh, as like already on top of their insecurities in social with social media, as well as women constantly being objectified. Um, they're, they're, the influences of what adults do with their lives are definitely going to trickle down to how what kids and, and minors think about what is also maybe comfortable for them instead of being objectified as women. And they might want to be on take on a male role because that's safer. Um, so I understand that part. I still, though, stand for civil liberties. And I think that people should, I, I think this whole legislation around what people do what can and cannot do is just going to be a way to control us further. I've had this discussion around drugs and also around, um, we've had talked about it with masks and vaccine mandates and all this. And I just think any sort of legislation to control what people can and cannot do is uh, a way in to control ultimately every bit of our lives, even our sexual lives. So those are the main points that I think I'll just uh, mentioned and then we can anything that um, I'll think about to bring up and I'll talk I'll say it I feel like there's a there's a lot so I'm probably gonna miss stuff so if I don't answer something that you wanted me to answer at any point Eduardo just just let me know I'm, I'm sorry fine. 
yeah. reminded. But I guess, let's see where to start. I mean, I think maybe just the language for me is like a good place. <laughs> do, do you notice how I'm stuttering or like or stumbling upon how to frame this stuff? Is that no? I think you did a good job outlining some All of right. your like stance and some of the questions you have and some of like the complications as you see it. I'm not talking about your language. I'm just talking about like the terms that we're using because this is what I this is what I mean when I felt like when we did the other episode. Like uh, it's not that I. I mean, I stand by everything I said a year ago, but I feel like we fall into this trap. And one of the reasons I wanted to send you Jennifer Billick, Billick's work in particular is because I think she is so good at being crystal clear with the language. Yeah. Um, and I think like even people like me who literally think the entire gender ideology thing is complete BS, we like fall into this pattern of like using the same terms like what is what is transgender or even like let's even take transgender off the table for a sec like what did what does gender even mean like because we're t I think we're all kind of talking about slightly different things like are we talking about how you dress are we talking about like prescribed cultural gender roles like it becomes so cyclical with the language of like well, having a gender identity means how you identify in terms of your gender. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you just keep going in circles. And so, yeah, I mean, to me, like, tra like trans, it, it's not, well, okay. So tra trans, well, we're now saying transgender. The mainstream, that as a mainstream term, honestly, is pretty recent as I understand it. Like, I'm not saying the word didn't exist, but right a few decades back, it was transsexual yeah. uh, or transvestite. Okay, so transvestite literally means trans, right? Across or through or whatever. Uh, and then vest coming from, I think it's like vestire. It's been a while since I've taken Latin, right? But it's it's clothing to clothe. So you're talking about uh, somebody, typically a male, an adult male who likes to dress in quote unquote women's clothing, right? Um, uh -huh. Dresses or whatever. Now, I completely agree with you, Eduardo. I don't give a fuck what people want to wear. If a man wants to wear a dress, great. I wear pants all the time, right? Like, it's it's fine. I don't give a shit. Um, now, I think transvestite, right, where that is what I would call, um, in most cases, like a kind of sexual, it's not just like a guy wants to wear a dress to work. It's typically... Uh, it's typically a, a sexual fetish, right? Of like being aroused by the image or the idea of yourself, like dressed up in quote unquote women's clothing. So uh, transvestite and then transsexual, right? There we're talking about the the notion of changing your sex, which is- mm -hmm. That's how I understand it too. This yeah. is not, it, it's not possible. Like you can, you can have- a million surgeries. You can take all the hormones in the world. Um, it's it's not possible to change your sex. You you can want whatever you want. Of course, there are many people who, for a wide variety of reasons, are unhappy in the body that they're in. Um, I have no problem if people think they are a different sex. If they think they were born in the wrong body, I think that's sad. I think that speaks to 
a culture which pushes like disembodiment and pushes people to feel inadequate and pushes people to um, make choices that I think in a healthy society they wouldn't make. Um, and are they really choices? I don't know. We can get into that. But it's transsexual, like that that doesn't exist. Now the word transgender has basically in the mainstream dialogue, at least in my experience, kind of replaced transsexual to the point where transsexual and transvestite has almost become a little bit of a slur in a lot of contexts. Um, yeah, it, it has. Transsexual is a slur. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, somebody tell me like what, what is gender? Like, what do you, what do you, when you guys are saying somebody's transgender or even just gender in general, like, are you talking about what, like, what is that? What do you, how do you define it? Well, I, I mean, I could take a shot at it. I, well, the way I, like, I understand. I'm like genuinely curious, like, cause I well, don't have to for it. So I, again, as I said in the beginning, I, I have, in, I've been influenced by left leaning ideology. So I'll just use what I understood as in what I've studied in school okay. and what I was taught. Gender, according to my my upbringing, and it is that gender is more what someone thinks or feels or is experiencing in their body uh, or their mind uh, different from what uh, uh, may or may not align with their physical, uh, sexual, reproductive organ. Right. And people can feel however they want. People can call themselves whatever name or nickname they want, right? But like fundamentally in, in terms of material reality, you, like you are, you are the sex that you were born in. And yeah, I, I hear like there's a very, 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 very small number of people who are intersex, but that's a material reality. Like, th and, and those people aren't necessarily, like they don't even necessarily like identify as trans. I mean, maybe some of them do. I, you know, I, I've met one person um, in my adulthood who like, and actually had, you know, full on conversations who was intersex. Um, but that's not, that's not like, oh, I'm, I'm identifying outside of this binary. It's like they were born with, you know, and there's, there's variations, right. In terms of like what that actually looks like on a, you know, in terms of genitalia and such, but by and large, like. But I have a question, I guess, Jess, I mean, I think what, and not just academia influence, but also um, having been involved in, in and out of, LGBTQ and what was interesting from Jennifer really also discussing those those those, uh, those acronyms I, um, which I'll get into um, being an out and being pushed out because of who I am as passing for heterosexual sometimes because I'm in heterosexual relationships uh, I my understanding is from folks in the community is that it's not just something that they just randomly feel or it's not just it, it is a dysphoria that it is that is that is innate since their childhood i have had friends who have not regretted their sex change i know that you've talked about there is no such thing as transsexual uh and i i agree that there's no such thing as you being able to have a female reproductive system yes i agree with that um, but just for conventional use and for this conversation, so we're not lost in the terms, 
or or constantly trying to describe what you know anti-transactional and what's not transactional and whatever i i um what they feel and what like i feel as a man like i can't necessarily describe right like i can't describe how i've always felt like a man i don't i don't know like it's new and that's when they because they turn it on me and that's what they say in turn it is what i've always known i've just always how do i deal with the psychological impacts of how i'm constantly in disaccord with my body i'm not able to so that's the response and i know you've heard this you work in academic circles i know you're not i'm not giving you new information i'm just for the sake of the audience everything i would like to know what is your response to that um that that um what that what is when they say that yeah so i guess two things one I don't know if I misunderstood the beginning of what you said because you brought up like you being like heterosexual passing. And I, I think we should get into this more, this, the LGB, right. And then the T because yeah. to me this is like, and it is, it's a lot of like, this is what sort of liberalism has done in the past couple of decades is they've hitched something that is not your sexual, like, yeah, yeah, you can be straight, you can be gay, you can be bisexual, right? We've pretty much covered all the bases there, right? There's no more letters to add. This mm-hmm. notion of trans, right, is something else. It's not your sexual orientation, who you're attracted to, right? Mm-hmm. So it, even that in and of itself, and I, and I really want to get into at some point the deeply ingrained homophobia in, in gender ideology. Um, because I think this is like a huge, um, like it's supposed to like, it's framed as like, oh, it's liberal. Like it's supporting gender ideology, transgender rights, quote unquote, is liberal. Um, and it's part of like, you know, the, the pride parade. Right. Um, and even like, we could even talk about it in terms of that podcast you sent. Um, because I think there's some really interesting comments in that about like growing up in a homophobic society right um but to to address your question about the dysphoria right um i'm not saying people don't have dysphoria like at all i think there's a few different kind of arms of i mean a few different like i mean i i don't like to put people in boxes but i think there's patterns, right. That we see with this, um, especially in the older generations. And I think we talked about this last time. Um, it was much, the prevalence was, uh, biological males thinking that they were, were women or wanting to become women wanting to, you know, um, dressing, you know, whether as transvestites or whatever. Um, it was predominantly, you know, as they say, like male to female transitions, Now you have this insane wave of young girls, some of them like very, very young, uh, interested in quote unquote transitioning, actually medically transitioning, identifying whatever the whole, the whole gambit, right? There's a huge range of like different steps that people take, um, in varying degrees of insanity in my opinion. But, um, so you have 
autogynophiles, which you brought up, right? So that's mm-hmm. one group of people who, you know, quote unquote, identify as transgender. Um, and those are men who are, who are um, turned on by the idea of themselves as a woman. It's a sexual fetish, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have what I would argue is largely social contagion in a sector, especially the young girls that I'm talking about. That's like what people like Ad, um, Abigail Schreier, who got, you know, this huge, um, lots and lots of attention, um, and censorship and stuff in the media for her book, Irreversible Damage, which looks specifically at um, the transgender, I think she calls it like the transgender craze that's seducing young girls. Um, So there you have an element of cultural conditioning, social manipulation, right? Like I don't, those, I don't think that's sexual fetish. I think that's something else. Um, And some, you know, I mean, a lot of children are dysphoric, like a a lot, um, of girls and boys at a very, very young age do, um, express this dysphoria that they feel, you know, they feel like they're in the wrong body. The majority of those people, and there's scientific studies to back this up, just naturally grow out of it, right? As part of the the growing up process, a small, small subsection don't. And I'm guessing those are the people that you're talking about who say like, don't, don't regret quote unquote transitioning. Um, and I don't, I mean, I have no, this should be clear, but like, I, I, it's not, I don't like hate anybody or, um, I don't want to deny anybody human rights. Um, I don't care. Like, I don't care how, I mean, I I care about, like, I'm not interested in controlling how people identify what they do in their bedroom as long as they're not hurting anyone. Even, I mean, to some extent, given the circumstances of our current reality, what drugs they take and what body parts they choose to uh, butcher. Mutate us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have I have a problem with the surgeons. I have a problem with um, mm. the medical system. That's I agree, yeah. and all of that. But I, I don't. I'm for bodily autonomy. I'm for freedom of thought. Um, but what I'm not for is institutionalizing this, and I'm not for mandating that other people participate in a fantasy or in some cases participate in someone's sexual fetish like and I'm not trying to be mean about it right like this comes up all the time with like the fucking pronoun issue right of like well why can't you just why can't you just do us like this small common decency like what is what do you lose right but to to use incorrect pronouns right is to ask somebody to participate in a reality that that isn't like it's to deny what i know to be true right um and i think too like there's every time i come up 
into one of these like arguments with usually liberals, you know, that like, oh yeah, like you're just like a bigoted turf or whatever. And like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, maybe like one woman got raped in a, in a prison, right. Because of the gender ID laws changing or like maybe, um, yeah, maybe the, this one group of feminists got censored, um, or whatever it may be. And it's, it's getting bigger and it's getting bigger and it's getting bigger. And it's, to me, it's like, I don't like, where is the line? Like how many, how many women in a women's prison need to be raped for us to say, okay, like this is, this is crossed the line. Um, so I've, I've enjoyed listening to you both kind of talk and there's definitely some things that have Eduardo said that I'll probably amplify. And there's, and there's some things I do agree with you on Jessica, particularly the pronoun discussion, like the idea that one group who says you must use this can just impose it without understanding there has to be a dialogue. Like there's going to have to be a dialogue from people who don't actually share the same beliefs. It's like atheists organizing with Christians. If they're going to do that, they're going to have to have some way, if they want to do that and actually fight for a, a, a better world together, they're going to have to figure out how to understand each other, which means they're going to, there's going to be some differences they're going to have to work through. And um, I, so I do believe that there's been a way that this stuff has been bullied, but again, I'm not surprised by that because I believe that the ruling class is using an issue or, and I would say using an oppressed group against all of us. Um, so the first thing I'll say, um, regardless of agreement or disagreement is, um, yesterday me and Randy went to a wisdom warriors meeting where a guy talked at length about the, the, the tech attack that we are under the fourth industrial revolution tech attack that we are under, but his starting point, his starting point for when, and I really liked what he had to say, or at least I liked the information he had to give us about how fucked we are in terms of how deep and deeply penetrated the digital world already is into a, into a surveillance apparatus that we're already trapped in. Um, and it was very, it was very helpful to hear, but his starting point was the idea that he understood how deeply we, how deeply screwed we are. His starting point was, is they are using immigrants, allowing immigrants to come across the border to, to do all this stuff. Like, and secondly, that all of this is part of a communist plot, communist takeover, communitarian communists to, to institute essentially communism, our, our rulers to institute communism on us. And so we have to fight that. We have to fight and basically preserve the idea of the American Constitution and the freedoms and liberties that were, that were and, uh, you know, kind of first given to us by the American Revolution. So I don't agree with the starting point of any of what that guy's talking about. So we have a big disagreement there as it relates to open borders. And I certainly don't agree with that. This is a communist attack because I'm a communist and I think fighting for working class democracy is going to be one of the ways that we do this. Um, and lastly, I don't think the American revolution is anything other than the, the establishment of a new dictatorship. So that's nothing. And me and Brady don't agree on that, but I don't agree with this guy on that as well. But that does not preclude me from seeing that he is a he is going to be a comrade in this fight. But we're, but we're going to have some differences along the way that are going to have to be worked out. And so that's my starting point for talking about even this conversation. 
Um, and I, if I was organizing with that guy, that is going to be a long road we're going to have to get through to be able to have a, a deeper understanding that even me and Jake, I think, have a deeper understanding, even though he ain't a communist. But he understands more deeply where I come from when I talk about communism. And I don't think he believes in open borders. I don't think. But he understands why I say that. Um, so let me just say some of the areas that I don't. So first off, I do believe whether they people were calling themselves transvestites or and transsexual or now transgender, I believe those people who are who are going through that are an oppressed group. They, meaning that they are marginalized by virtue of being told you can or can't do certain things. And if you try to do certain things, you're going to be shamed for doing them. That was true, I believe, for transvestites, men who dressed as women um, or wanted to dress as women. And I think it's true in terms of the difficulties that people who haven't ever, if a person now says that they are, that they are so deeply alienated from their own sense of what they've been told their gender is when they were, when they grew up. And I, and, and I am partially talking about not just intersex, but even a person who doesn't constitute intersex when, when there's some sort of um, XXY kind of uh, genetic makeup there or anything like that. I even mean for a person who, who was told, I've been told I was a girl, but I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm a boy. And for that person, what, what is now available to them it is possible. And I think Jessica, you said, no, you can't. I'm not sure I agree with that. Particularly if you say that the, 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 what will make a woman, a woman is say reproduction or what will make a woman, a woman. I'm not saying you said that, but people may have to make these determinations. What will make a woman, a woman is a certain chromosomes. Um, and the, for me, I, I guess I would just say, I do. It's, it, it should be a simple question, man, woman. Um, but we live in a, an oppressive society. We live in a capitalist society, which uses oppression to divide people and to control people. And so gender roles and gender itself has been politicized and has been weaponized, I would say, of course, against women, but also against men. And so it's not going to be, to me, it's not going to be a simple answer is to say, you you are a woman you you are a woman and you can't become a man or you are a man and you can't become a woman again particularly because those those then become political labels that are decided by a, a society that rises above us that where it says on your id you can do this and and being a woman and being a man gives you certain rights well that's in a society that's a dictatorship in the first place so all of these things uh, under a dictatorship which is what we live in all of these things are highly politicized and highly, and what I, what I mean, and highly polarized intentionally by the ruling class. Um, so, if you, if I imagine these things, the ruling class taken out, if I imagine capitalism gone, this question for me of does it matter about women and men? Does it matter who, who if a person calls themselves a woman and is it or wasn't when they were born, but now we're calling them? I would say in a free society. I personally don't think those things matter. And that's my standing point for like, and maybe this is where I, we, Jessica, you and I agree. People have bodily autonomy. People are free to decide what they will. And that's how I feel about it. And I want to fight for a world that anybody can essentially express themselves and be whatever they want to be within that society. 
in order to do that, we are going to have to get rid of the existing dictatorial order. Like it's, it's not a coming new world order. We already live in what I would describe as a new world. We've been living in it for 400 years under capitalism. I understand people don't agree with that, but that's how I see it. And as long as that dictatorship exists, all this stuff is going to seem and be not just all this stuff is going to be used against us. Capitalists have used minorities to to build empires for themselves. We can see how capitalists are using uh, blacks and women's and even immigrants in some cases to push an agenda that is anti-immigrant, anti-black or anti-white. It's anti-worker. And it has nothing to do with protecting those people. But in the name of defending those people, it pushes an agenda of the ruling class. And that's what I think is happening here with the with people who are expressing their own confusion, their own sense of like, no, I'm not. A, I don't feel like I'm a male. I feel more comfortable if I think of myself as a woman. And I actually want to change parts of myself to conform with that. I have I think that's fine if people want to do that. I do. I get there's a question of age, and I'll, maybe I'll come to that later in terms of if a 13 or 15 year old said that they were going to do that. I'm questioning whether they should get a tattoo. I would say, have you have you are your parents comfortable with that? And that's as far as I'll go, at least currently. You know, in terms of in terms of the state deciding, no, I don't think the state can say yes, or I, I don't think the state can say no, and I don't think the state can pull the parent out of the situation. Because I think the state is an enemy to both the parent and the child and all of us. Um, do, do I agree with the parent's values in any one of these situations? No, but I would roughly, if, if a 12-year-old kid said they were getting a tattoo, I would probably say they, they want to, might want to talk with their parent first. Um, how, about if a, how about if a 14-year-old wants to get a COVID jab and their parents are like, that's fine? Well, if that's fine, then... I think yes, they got it. They have to be. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not fine in the context of it's an overall attack. But of course, they can do that. Like, why not? Like, I don't agree with it. I wouldn't do it. But that, and particularly the, the big issue I have with with that one is where the parents are are kept out of the situation, and they get that jab by a nurse at the school. That's where I go. Like, okay, that's fucked that up. That is happening with with the hormones too. And then and that. But again, this question of I, you have to be clear, or I have to be clear. Just because I'm going back, I'm defaulting back to parents saying it, all that is saying is that this is a decision workers have to make for themselves. And a parental worker has, in my opinion, parental worker has more authority than the state in all can all these situations. And as it relates to their kids, they're going to have more say than I am as a teacher or as a friend of that child or whatever. Um, and that's that's kind of how our, our society is organized. Will it be organized that in a in a free world? I don't know, and I'm open to other ways of people organizing themselves. But uh, in this case, the state is always the enemy, and I do believe the state is weaponizing these ideas. But they've weaponized these ideas with other oppressed groups, and that does not change the fact that these folks experience oppression, and that part of fighting the system is going to be figuring out how to fight against all these oppressions and unite. Immigrants, blacks, women, gay people, people who identify as transvestites or transgender. I would, I'm fine with that. I don't, I'm not as clear about which word, when it has to be used or can't be used. It does to me denote a person who is like really has felt like they've been told one thing about how they, how they are and feel a different way. 
I, as a person, can relate to that because I've been told I'm a man and I'm I've been shamed for crying, shamed for being certain ways, shamed for wearing certain things. And there's other things I've been shamed for that I would I would change biologically if that would eliminate that shame. And so I understand that that feeling. Um, and so now given the possibility, and of course, there's a there's an agenda behind those people creating that possibility, no doubt. And I and they are not free to just do whatever they want. But I do have to say, my fellow worker is free to fuck themselves as hard as they want underneath these folks until they start to figure out that we're going to have to unite to fight them. And that that is part to me of uh, of liberty. Liberty and me fighting for freedom does mean I'm going to have to allow workers to fuck themselves with certain decisions they make if it turns out that they're fa- they're 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 falling for an agenda that does not serve their interests, whether that be a COVID shot or whether that be a pharmaceutical industry and medical industry that is looking to take advantage of your um, confusion and sense of identity confusion and looking to take advantage of that. I'm not going to just go invite those folks in, but I'm not going to stop them and say, no, you can't work with that doctor. You can't work with that hospital. I'm just going to tell them you are letting the devil into your door, you know, and if you think that they're going to help you, they are not. Um, but that my for the, for me the issue of autonomy and people being able to choose what they do with their body that's as far as i can go until we get rid of capitalism and talk about how all these oppressions and i do describe this group transgender transsexual as an oppressed group um all these oppressions are eradicated through the struggle of a system that produces those oppressions and then utilizes those oppressions very, very, um, very opportunistically to uh, actually then push their agenda even harder. And they, they do it on all fields. They don't just do it with transgender. And that's why I don't feel a, a special threat from gender ideology, because I feel like what's going on in the transgender movement is no different than having this guy, Austin, being our defense, defense director. And we're being told a black guy being the head of defense is somehow, you know, uh, progressive. And yet the U.S. is using that to launch its war into Ukraine and proxy war, blah, blah, blah. So that's my starting point. The thing that you said about, you know, there's been things that you've been made to feel ashamed of, dressing a certain way, crying, acting a certain way, whatever, and that you would change them, you know, maybe in a... Uh, like, the problem to me is not you. The problem is, like, the society that makes people feel shame or makes them feel like they want to dissociate or be disembodied because of things like that, right? Like, I just don't understand the the conclusion to go the other way. And And you're saying, and of course, of course, of course, the ruling class weaponizes all of this stuff, right? Like, they weaponize everything they fucking can. But the way that you're describing a free society as a society in which men and women, like, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's free flowing. Like, this isn't a relevant distinction. That's, I mean, that that's not a human society. Like, you, you are your sex. People will be able to dig up your bones in hundreds of years and be able to tell, was this a male or a female? 
Like it's fundamental, you know, and to say like, I mean, even just, I, I don't think reproduction is what makes a woman a woman or it's not the only thing. Right. But it is only women that can give birth. Right. So you're not, you're not going to have a human society if you can't acknowledge that basic difference, right? That basic fact that we are a sexually dimorphic species. I mean, otherwise, the only alternative, as I see it, would be transhumanism. If we can't acknowledge that distinction, right? And so just to, to say like, I'm for humanity, but our sex doesn't matter right? Like that's how we come to be. That's how we come to exist. Like all of this here, like your mother birthed you, your mother birthed you, right? Everybody, everybody came from sex, right? And if we don't, if we don't have that, like it, it really, it really is like, it's, it's, it's transhumanism. And I just don't, um, I also don't like, I, I guess the way Billick puts this to come back to the, the podcast episode that um, Eduardo was referencing earlier, like this is why I think she refers to a lot of the transgender stuff as like colonization, like colonization of human sex. Um, and it like it, it it is corporatism and it is also medical industrial complex stuff. And that's another place where like I just don't see yeah bodily autonomy I agree with you people should be free to make whatever choices mistakes whatever like you know amputate your arm if you want <laughs> like you're free you're a free human but I don't know I've heard both of you be so critical of the medical industrial complex in all of these other scenarios and yet here like, I'm not saying that you're, I know you're not, you guys aren't arguing for just like a free for all, like here, just pass out the puberty blockers on the street and double mastectomies for all, you know, but like your distinction is like, oh, you're not old enough. That's the distinction of like, okay, well then, then I'm, then I'm fine with somebody butchering your perfectly healthy body but do no harm with covid jobs there we're going to hold doctors accountable there we're going to hold people accountable for the harm that they're causing but we're all right with i don't care whatever a 50 year old with a with a surgeon you know chopping flesh out of somebody's forearm and grafting it into a faux penis and sewing it to their genital area. And that's like part of like liberation. I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. Like I don't get whatever you want to feel, identify, think, express. Sure. But like, what, what's, what are the consequences or like, what, like what's, how do we exist in a free society where that's happening? Well, uh, first off, we're not, I mean, when you say, well, then it's, if the, they can do this, they can do it. It's all fine. No, 
we live under a dictatorship. It's not fine. We live under tyranny. And so the I will say that I'm not going to stop another worker from screwing themselves over. I might talk with them. I might argue with them. I might. And if there's a struggle that we're engaged in against our enemies, our class enemies, and that worker takes the other side, then we got a problem. If that worker doesn't take our side, then I'm like, I, that's unfortunate. But it, but if it takes the other side, it is a problem. But in the context of zero struggle and in the context of none of this being freedom or liberty, because none of it is, whether you call yourself they, all these woke stuff that tries to simulate uh, anti-racism or simulate progression along these questions, which, which actually it's literally just cosmetics in the context of all these things rolling backwards. People being are more oppressed. People are more separated, more divided, more alienated. And part of that alienation is a is going to come and take its form of in a kind of a gender confusion. Um, no, I, I it's not all fine. It's just that if, in the absence of any struggle, which there's no struggle, if a person said they want to take their COVID shot, I'm going to say, go take your COVID shot. I'm going to argue with you maybe if I care about you and if I think it's worth talking to you about it, but, I, but I'm not going to stop them. At the same time, I'm going to say the medical industry is completely fucked. It is part of that institution of capitalism, and all of it has to be broken and torn down. But right now, it looks like workers want shots. So that's unfortunate. And I would agree with you that it looks like it does appear, and it is, that they are going to use these medical transformations to blur things over so that people don't necessarily know what it is to be man, what it is to be woman, what it is to be human. I can see how they, they can use that. I can see it. But that doesn't change the fact that I still would say, the thing you said, you are your sex. I don't agree with that. I think sex is partly what determines who I am. I'm, I'm also my body. I'm also my thoughts. I'm all, and they are, those are not just aligned along something that people use to call me a male. And it's just a, that's a piece of it, an important piece. But by no way do I, I, do I just think I'm identified or I'm defined, boxed in by a sex. I am in this society. And that's something, it's one of the reasons why I understand where transvestites come from, because I feel like I don't really know who I would have been if I didn't live in a society where that was gender obsessed, all right? It was gender obsessed when I was growing up in a particular way, and it has become newly gender, well, in, gender obsessed in another way now. I can totally imagine living and growing in a society where gender didn't matter. I, could, I can completely imagine a human, a human society, not transhuman, but a human society a free society where this question of gender wasn't that big, big a deal and, and wasn't big in terms of, because uh, the role, because roles weren't that important. And I myself have felt confined by male and masculine roles. I have felt that it's actually stunted my development as a human. And I have felt that it's been part of my experience of a tyranny because not the tyranny of women or men, tyranny of capitalism, but in the context of using gender roles to define what people can and can't be. So I don't and agree. It's suddenly gone from, from sex to gender. Like you're going back and forth between, okay, I want a society where sex isn't relevant to, I don't, I want, I don't, I want a society where gender roles don't box me in. And of, of course I, I can imagine a society 
where gender doesn't box us in as well. I don't even fucking know what gender right? it means. And I could, so I could male. imagine that in the con, I, I could imagine that somebody might say, I want to change my sex. And I'm like, that's fine. That, and what that might mean could be just dressing. It could be dressing and physical changes. I'm not going to have a problem with that. Now, do, does that not mean it's been weaponized by the medical industry and the capitalist system? It is. But if we don't have that, then I don't know what to call that. I don't know if I see that as some kind of potential, that's something that can be used to threaten all of us and threaten even humanity. I don't, th I don't see that the, the, I don't see it as a threat, but I do believe part of that is the fact that I more see us as all being workers and that that what is what unites us against a common enemy. And I don't, I don't, and Jessica, I think you come from the vantage point of that division of men and women as being more critical and crucial in defining how society is structured. And so I think that difference is shaping how we look at this um, at this issue, or one of the ways. Is it just? Is that what what Andy just last said? Is it? Yeah, yeah, but not from a desire to have men at war with women or to have some sort of hierarchical society. I'm just saying that our biological realities, as long as we are humans, are going to be relevant, and that in a healthy society we acknowledge reality. Um, so it's not that I want division and to say, oh, you're, you're, you're a female. So you have to go do this and you're a male. So you can't be crying. I, I envision, you know, a society where you don't feel that, that boxed in feeling that you're describing Andy, because when you, when you cry, people say, oh, he's crying. He's still a man. Or when someone says, you know, a man says, yeah, I sleep with men. We say, awesome. You're still a man. <laughs> you know, and when a woman says, I don't want to have kids or I want to wear pants or whatever, we say, awesome. That's, that's woman as well, right? Like that's what I envision, which is basically a casting off of all gender roles because what are what is gender like it's just a fucking set of stereotypes in, in the cultural ethos for the most part I mean I, there's different interpretations of it and I know there's the sort of spiritual like divine masculine divine feminine and I, I use those words too in in some contexts but in terms of like what we're talking about right here you know it like even you take something like drag right like what is it? It is it is taking every stereo like every aesthetic stereotype, the makeup, the dresses, the six inch, ten inch heels, the eyelashes, right? The uber 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 sexualization and objectification and like I'm gonna perform my sexuality for people to to gaze upon, right? It's like every stereotype you know, times a billion, like it's all exaggerated, right? Like the makeup is exaggerated. The hair is huge, right? It's like dressing up as a woman as if it's like a Halloween costume, right? And again, I, I don't care what mm. people, but right. that's not what it is to be a woman, right? And I, and I do want to press just because the race thing has come up a couple times. Like 
what if I, what if I say to you guys, you know what? I, I have really done some work on myself and I, I've been in counseling and I've watched some YouTube videos and I felt really uncomfortable in my body for a long time. And I, I have come to the realization that I am black and I want you guys to act as though I am an African-American woman. Like this is offensive, right? It, everybody, like the left would consider this beyond offensive, right? I, I mean, and, and, and I, Rachel Doyle. I'm going to be participating in um, trauma recovery groups for black women. And I'm, I'm also going to apply for some African-American scholarships. Um, right now I'm like using really dark foundation, but um, I really like to get some um, skin transplant surgery. So maybe you could contribute to my Kickstarter, right? Like, um, because right now, you know, our government's not very progressive and, and health insurance doesn't cover this surgery that I want um, want to get right. This transracial surgery, um, like this would be so fucking offensive, right? It's blackface. And this is why, like, um, I think Sheila Jeffries, I, I think she's the one who's attributed, um, who, who came up with the phrase like woman face, this idea of like transgenderism as, um, well, maybe not transgender, I guess transvest dights and drag and 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 the sort of aesthetic aspects of it as like woman face like what is the i mean honestly race is more of a spectrum than sex right if we're gonna compare but i just i'm really curious like what like would that be different in your guys's mind if if we introduced race instead of sex into the the list of trans issues just as a sort of thought project so I, I say I'm atheist agnostic because I don't really know <laughs> where like I'm Mexican and grew up with curandismo and grew up with like superstitious things that I still sort of think maybe there are inexplicable things that happen, but I just don't believe God exists like in the form of the Christian Judeo view or even the Muslim view or even just like the Jewish or whatever, any religious sort of major religion view. Why am I saying this? Because I have, I also can't deny that I also am influenced a lot by my Vipassana practice, which is a branch of Buddhism. And Buddhism is more of a philosophy than it is a religion. Although I understand that it has converted into religion because a lot of people do have rituals and rites. And a lot of Asian cultures do have aesthetic or optically Buddhist rituals. And so I, I understand that it's become also a religion. Why is it important for me to say that? Because I, as a meditator, uh, I'm not a monk, obviously, but as a lay person, I do, when I meditate and when I, when I um, think about the world that we live in, I do think that there is something beyond race, something beyond gender, sex, our bodies, nationalities. There is something beyond just us our identities and that's only i've only gotten to understand that through my experiential like meditation and so even though i am proud mexican i i would stand for not being mexican or i would stand for not being like what i would say even a brown person or or a man or whatever so i 
I think that race, this is going to be, I can, I guess I will have a pass because I'm a person of color in the USA. <laughs> uh, I think race isn't, isn't actually, is for academic circles and liberal circles, I don't think it's a, actually, I don't think race is an issue. I don't really think that race is as, or gender. I don't really think these things are, are what are as important to me as what human is to me, you know? That doesn't that doesn't negate that I still think there are biological differences between men and women. There just are. It's clear. It's material. Yes. I still hold that. And I'm not going to buy into people saying, you know, well, there just aren't. And there are people who are, I don't know how some, there was a, some, some study, some, some, some university protests in Argentina where they were, they were like not naming women. They were saying reproductive people or something like that. But um, I just don't, I, I don't, I'm not into that. I understand that there are differences. There are differences. So I guess when you're saying that the transracial thing, uh, I mean, as far as race, I, as race, as, as I don't really think there are biological differences in race. That's where I stand clear. I do think there are biological differences between men and women. So if someone would, I think it'd be silly though, because it's like, obviously you're not, but I'm not going to fight you on it. But I, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't think there are biological differences between you two as white people and me. I honestly, we, I just don't think so. I just think we are very much the same. And I don't, and I know that racism exists even within people of color, as we already discussed. So for me, this whole trans, if someone wants to be transracial, I, I don't, I think they should just say like race isn't an issue for me. And that's not offensive to me as a person of color, but for them to just go to go and get aesthetically or surgical and then to go join black women's groups and all that. I, I think that is buying into what being transracial would mean not doing that actually, because that would be buying into the identity politics and that would be doing exactly what I think there are racism obviously exists, but I, I, I just, I don't have an issue with people being beyond their race. And right, if and people the real want use has made up shit in this precise context. Like I completely agree with you, Eduardo, in the sense that um, we've seen it flipped and we've seen race, you know, literally like like science, TM science, right? Um, it was not that long ago that what were what were they pushing? What was the ruling class and the scientific community pushing? Oh, black people don't feel pain. <laughs> they don't feel pain as much. Right. So it's okay, you know, to torture slaves. Right. Or they're not as intelligent. So they don't count as real humans. Right. Like these fucking made up things. Right. Um, and I know like, yeah, that, that probably plays into like what Andy's describing in terms of, in terms of like corporate capture and stuff. Um, but I think, I do think it's, the comparison is worth looking into. I think, um, if only because like there is, there is a, a spectrum in terms of material reality when it comes to race, um, in a way that doesn't get talked about. Like we, we pretty much use black, white, maybe Brown once in a while. Um, when in reality, like if you actually look at cultures around the world, all kinds of, of different, you know, colors and mixes and, 
you know, especially race. Latinos. Yeah, we're human race. We're human race, right? Um, yeah. To get a human, you need a female. You need a, you need a female. <laughs> like that's a real distinction. Yeah. Well, I guess I have a question for you, Justin. Like I, that I still lingering in my head. Uh, I just as I keep repeating and making clear that I think there are biological differences between men and women, you're also making clear and, and emphasizing that you have no interest in mandating. And I agree with you. Like, I, I'm not for mandating pronouns. Um, and also, uh, you're as well as, like, you wouldn't mandate or legislate or anything around, like, people controlling people's desire to dress up or not, whether you agree with it or not. Like, it's beyond, like, I, we, I understand that. For me, what is... In what I have, what I what you haven't touched on is, uh, uh, um, so I understand there's a corporate, even a pharmaceutical, um, industrial complex like agenda to like monopolize this, uh, this movement, and I get that I do get that. Would you also uh, agree though that that? that <laughs> just for conventional use, I'll say trans, but that, or, or gender, whatever, but this issue of men, uh, according to that time period, dressing up as women, according to those norms at that time period, or women dressing up as men, that according to that time period, what that means to be a man, um, has always existed in history. Like that, that, that has always existed. Right, we see it in Native American cultures. I talked about Inuits, um, fathers choosing the oldest eldest daughter to marry another woman and to take on representatively a man's um, uh, features. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to look into this more. I know um, there's an awesome woman named Kay Yang who is actually a former LGBTQ plus. Um, activist kind of turned um turf i guess um who specifically does a lot of work on the the like what is it two spirit um uh -huh. gender which i think is you know maybe some of the examples you're thinking of fall into that um yeah i mean i i i'm sure forever people have identified like across boundaries in in myriad ways I have not heard of an example of, you know, an indigenous culture or a traditional or like tribal culture that, um, you know, would chop off women's breasts because. Right. They, and I was going to get there. You know, it, it, what you're talking like to use your word, like roles. Yeah. And, and to, to me, like, I, I mean, I don't know the specifics of like those particular, like what those cultural roles might be beyond what you've described here. But I, I mean, Again, like we're kind of coming back to this idea of prescribed cultural activities, ways of dressing, aesthetics, expectations, right? Um, which are different than biology, like they're different than male, female. Um, yes. And I would be curious, like, to look at some of those examples in more depth and see like, like what is the language that they use to describe those people? Because my guess is that there was not this, you know, even as they may have been like, okay, this, you know, the eldest example of the eldest daughter, like taking on a more like um, 
masculine role as prescribed by that society. Um, I'd be curious, like people don't actually think that that person was born male, right? No, they know that they, they were, they're female, but they have to choose. They have to choose the eldest to take on. So they're not, living in a in a psyop in the way that we are now where like I literally walk into my classroom and in some universities like it is mandated that you you have to have pronouns in your email description and you have to like you have to participate right it's not enough to even just like stay silent you have to actively participate in a false reality um yeah well, I invite people to look into it. I do think there's the hijaros in India. There's the mushas in Mexico. There are the bardaches in, in Northern U.S. America. Uh, and there are African tribes that had to marry women because of land, because men couldn't. Uh, men were the only ones who could be property owners. And so women had to take on the role of a man to be able to do that. And then there's European also cross-cultural, like throughout Europe, like lots of men that had to take on those those uh, roles as women so um, this 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 notion or this idea of, of just this idea of of a third gender or um, another something outside the binary role has existed for a very long time I don't doubt from what Jennifer Bellick was sharing in her episode which I again will, will link to the episode notes is happening. I don't doubt that there is other things at play now, uh, especially, I am glad you mentioned, because of capitalism. Uh, what I think, though, is the issue is religion in connection with capitalism, which is mostly Christian Judeo dictation of how we should live our lives. Um, and so uh, when I when I hear about this, it's like, this isn't new. It, what, this has only existed because Christian Judeo religion has dominated the world. So suddenly there's a pushback, there's a resistance. Like we've, like me being someone who I don't even want to label myself. I hate labeling myself because I, I'll just, for, for conventional sake, I'll say pansexual, but I don't even like that word because it's so, what is a pansexual? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be known as Eduardo. And I'm, I, I, I have, I have relation. I've had relationships with men. I've had relationships with women. I've had relationships with trans. I've had relationships. I, I've, I don't, I transcend. I don't, I'm in season when it feels like I've had want to be with a man or a woman. It's like, to me, I've, I've been a sex worker with married men and, and, and with, and with married women. And it's just, to me, it's like beyond what I can even explain to people what I identify as. So when people say to me, like, well, we're, like when did all this like label begin? I think it's a backlash to all this capitalism and, and religion that has dominated the world. We wouldn't have these labels. We wouldn't have she, him, there, all these things and, and them and whatever. And we wouldn't have gay and lesbian and pansexual and asexual and demisexual and sapiosexual. We wouldn't have all of these things, I feel, if we just took away, like if we just took away religion, like that's the issue and capitalism. Like these things go hand in hand. They, if we just didn't have these issues, it's like the word organic for me. It's like organic only came out of what happened, World War II, because of all the chemicals that they had to use, uh, World War One actually, because it started the chemicals way back. And so they had to find an identification to label what has been not, what has not been used with chemicals. But before that, we never had the word organic. It was just 
apples and oranges and we just ate, right? So I feel the reason why we have these labels today and I'm not like, okay, I listen to my Gen Z or cousins and, 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 uh, and nephews and stuff and they'll talk about these labels and I identify as this, I identify as that. And it's like driving mad. Like I don't, I don't, I can't keep up. Like today I'm blue. You know, that's not an offense. <laughs> I think I'm going to edit that out. I'm not sure. But like the point is, or what was that just where some people are identifying as kittens? They're saying and like Fox News. <laughs> people, I mean, there's even a, there is a, there is, there is a fetish. There's a whole category of porn for like amputees where people identify right. as a Freeland person and they amputee. I mean, it's not very many people, but like. Are we just going to go balls to the walls with this? I mean, well, <laughs> anyway, sorry, derailing. So what I what I mean is there, I just wish there was, we went back to a time when it wasn't an issue. And I've said this in, in with the Jake and Rob episode, with the what's right kind of episode with people who are conservative and who are Trump voters. I said this, I don't make an issue of, of, of my race. Like, I really don't. It's other people who make an issue and I have to talk about it. When I enter... When I, when I went down south to Texas or when I go down to northern Florida or when I'm in Idaho, like, I don't actually want to talk about my race. People talk about my race. And so they're making an issue of it, not I. So the same thing goes with, like, my sexuality. I, I really don't want to talk about it. I don't feel like it. I should. But people ask me, what do you identify as? And these are coming from mostly conservative people they want to know <laughs> so i'm like why is it an issue so i wish we could go back to that time where like in history it just people or mostly throughout history were not monogamous people who have not historically been monogamous people and people have also historically not labeled themselves and and uh and it wasn't an issue it wasn't an issue if you were mushe it wasn't an issue if you're hijara and these played important parts and roles in culture and in society. And I think this whole, you're right, I, I do agree now that you gave me a little bit. You can stop, I can. I was going to talk about the drag, but if, I, I think I talked too much and then we get lost. So why don't you respond or Andy respond to what I say and then I want to say about the drag. Maybe I'll just say quickly. Sorry, I do think you're right just about the drag thing. It is an objectification. I do feel it reflects the stereotypes that people, um, and especially on the left, say we shouldn't be stereotyping what women are like, and it does do that. Um, to a very ex exaggerated state. Go ahead, anyone. I mean, no, I would have the same response kind of that I said to Andy of like, I I agree. I think it's, you should have all of these amazing relationships and people who want to have all of these crazy labels, go ahead, people do whatever they want and, and, and still you're male right? Like that can include all of that. And I just wish we lived in a society where when somebody feels uncomfortable in their body, we don't right. like affirm, affirm and say like, oh, well then we have to change it. Why is it not? Let's, let's address that. Like, where is that coming from? Right. And uh, you know, the, the example that gets thrown around a lot, um, and, and I think for good reason, is like um, an anorexic, right, like goes and says, like, I, I, I feel like I'm really, really fat. We don't say like, oh, you feel fat, like, 
yeah, okay, then let's, let's, let's decrease your, your calorie load. And let's, um, let's refer to you as, as overweight, right? Like, no, we see like, oh, okay. Like this person is out of touch with reality. Right. Um, and we get them mental health support, get them, um, we find ways to ground them, right? Like ground them on earth in reality, um, get them to learn how to, how to love themselves, right? Like whether they're, however they look, whoever they are attracted to, right? Like I just, that's the inclusion that I want. I don't want the inclusion of like, okay, well, let's, let's medicate. Let's disassociate. Let's pathologize what it is to be human. I do. I, gosh, we're going to, this is going to be a long episode. At some point I, I do want to touch on the homophobia thing. Cause I think right. it's plays into a lot of what you said, but um, Andy, I think you were going to jump in. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get to everything today. Probably not. Um, so we, like I was telling Eduardo, this could be an, an episode where we come back to round through two, you know, kind of thing. In 2024. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, that would be too bad. Um, well, first off, I, I want to echo what Eduardo said about that. That's an, I had never really heard that point about um, what's the difference between the, the drag show exaggeration and um, blackface. Um, I mean, I was thinking, you know, well, blackface is clearly done to demean a particular group by a set of people who I look at them as bad. And so they're dressing up and making fun. I don't actually. I'm not. I'm not really from that drag community, so I don't know what, what, it, what, what its values are really about. But I could see from from a woman's stand, standpoint, feeling like well, that doesn't look that too too different. This looks pretty demeaning to me, given its exaggeration and the way it the way it is. And I I hadn't heard that point before, so that 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 is interesting and helpful to think about that. Um, I will say that, uh, and also Eduardo, I I definitely do see the problem with capitalism. I don't really, I don't think of it as Christianity, even religion. I mean, organized religion, institutions of religion, the Catholic Church, the way that the church is set as part of an infrastructure of capitalism, yes, that's a problem. But again, I put that under capitalism in the same way that the medical industry under capitalism. Um, people who believe in, in God are going to be part and believe in a religion or spirituality are going to be part, are definitely be part of liberating society. Um, and they're going to have Again, we're going to have differences, um, and that's going to have to be resolved. I didn't, I didn't go after people who believe in God. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, I don't see it as a Christian thing. I do see it as a capitalist thing. That that might be the the difference. Um, and capitalism is perfectly willing to use Christianity and the Muslim religion, you know, Islam, Judaism, uh, Hinduism. It can use anything it wants to control people. Um, and it and it takes off. It can use progressive ideology. And I agree with you, Jessica, that the the it is the the idea that these label that the, the pronouns or identifying a certain way and then these various progressive covers that are given particularly that we experience here in the bay area and in the united states um are literally the opposite they are a kind of a tyranny of sorts or certainly they are meant to both hide an oppress an oppression um and and they are oppressive themselves. Um, so there's no there's nothing liberatory about that, where leftists demand uh, 
you know, certain, you know, like you must say this or you must do this or else. Um, the thing that I keep coming back to that's a difference for me is, and you kind of said it before when you said, hey, you, you know, in, in, a, in a free society, you would cry, but, but you're a man. You know, you'd be, you would be reminded, oh, you're a man. And that label just doesn't, I have to say, that label, not only does it not matter to me, it feels threatening. Not like you're threatening me, but it feels like your person's trying to put me in a box. That is partly what the way our society is constructed. So I go and I think to myself, if we had a revolution, if we had a free society, I don't know if there's a reason. I don't know if I don't know if there's a reason to that label has to have such meaning. Like, oh good, I'm a man, or oh good, I'm a woman. You know, like I kind of go back to where Eduardo's going to, which is more like the absence of a, a religious belief by myself, just having a soul, just having a, 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 a me as a human, because I am, a, that's why I guess what I would say I am, and as, a, as living, have a consciousness, and it has all sorts of possible expressions, and my actions can take, I can do all sorts of actions, as long as I don't hurt somebody, as long as I'm not trying to like control somebody, I don't really see how it helps me to be told I'm a man if I happen to have a penis and if I happen to put out sperm and all that kind of stuff. But it, it doesn't have to be good or bad, but it does have to be acknowledged. It does why? I don't think it has to be acknowledged. I, I, I don't think it has to be. Am I going to, is that going to change whether or not I would have sex with a person who also has a penis versus whether I might have sex or whether I choose to not do that at all, whether I do, whether I not have sex at all or whether I have sex with something else. Like, I, I don't think it, it doesn't have to be acknowledged. I think maybe for you, Jessica, it feels like it has to be, but that doesn't feel that way for me. And that's partly where I, where, where my notion of a liberated society doesn't necessarily have to have those labels in them to have any real meaning, to ha have any more meaning than male, than anything else like uh, biped, two eyes. I don't know what 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 needs to be acknowledged for me other than like but I'm alive. How are you how are you gonna create a liberal a liberated society With, when like these reality material realities that are super relevant to our everyday lives, no matter what system we're under, or even if there's no system? Whether whether I'm a male or whether I'm a female, it's also relevant of eating. It's also relevant of moving. It's also relevant of breathing and drinking. So the people who are ruling us are going to control those things. And I'm going to have to find other people who breathe and eat and move and who don't want those things constrained. And I'm going to have to work with them to figure out how we can take down the people who are trying to constrain that on us. That doesn't have to be a woman. It doesn't have to be a man. It doesn't have to be intersex. It means people who are experiencing their lives. I, I am experiencing a life of, as being a male and it feels oppressive as a male, like in terms of constrained in terms of those roles. But there's, there's other things that I do that are also being constrained. And I'm going to find other people who feel that same way. That's what I'm, that's how I think we're going to have a revolution and say, no, we're going to, we're going to actually liberate all this stuff for ourselves. Um, so you might be able to burn the system down with that but what are you going to build if you can't acknowledge the basic distinction that but i don't see that's the thing is it it 
it isn't a basic distinction. It is a distinction. And you're, you're the person who's maybe make, making that claim that it, that it needs to be basic for me. It is for you. And as we go forward in our struggle, we'll see how it plays out. But you got, you do have to understand, like we have a different political lens that we look in terms of the world organized. And that, that is going to play a role into whether or not why you might see it as basic. And I don't see it so basic. And that's why another person, like why I can also conceive of being comrades with a person who's like, I, I don't want any immigrant crossing this border, but I want to take down the fourth industrial revolution. There's a long conversation I have about what, what's this really going to look like? How are we going to make a revolution out of that? Um, I think you would believe that unless I get clear on how basic and essential that question of male or female is, that I might not be able to fight for a revolution that liberates humanity. Currently, I don't see that. You know, like we have our fellow comrade Jeff who th- says, unless people get clear that this, that there is, um, that you, that there's no virus, no virus in SARS-CoV-2, then you are going to get played over and over again. He's saying, look, until you get clear on that, you can't fight this. I don't, I don't actually agree with him on that, but I understand what he's saying. It's just, we're all kind of saying different things about what are, what are the essential things you need to think in order to fight this system? I think we have some differences about what those things are. Eduardo, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I was thinking as, as I heard, I was listening to this. Again, we have to make this. I wrote some notes for next part two. Um, I was thinking maybe, you know what I was thinking, Andy, that if we did like, Okay, theoretically, if we if we tore down the system and build a system, if you think about like how other areas like race, there are no but bi- I don't believe there are biological differences between race. I I do think there are biological differences between men and women. They're going to it, when you're building a society, you do have to consider that there are different needs men and women have biologically. So I guess that's why I think there might be that basic acknowledgement to understand how what we do in relationship to our differences in biology might be needed to be acknowledged just for the simple fact of having certain needs be met because you can't deny that, for example, if a woman is going through a menstrual period, that in the that is going to have a different um, necessity or need be met than what what a man goes through if we if we have to I don't know, build something, build a home or build something like you're going to have to pause that time for that woman because they're not able to work beyond what else is happening in their body, no? Or if you're pregnant, you're not going to, like, I think that that's what I think is maybe the acknowledgement, which is basic, that uh, we're just biologically different in that sense. I don't think we're, bi- I don't think that in terms of leadership in any area, other area, we're, di- we're different. Go ahead. I, I do think there's differences, but I would say that the degrees to which we are united in a common need to again eat breathe be free those sorts of commonalities are much much greater than some of the what i would describe as differences that may be important but are i feel like are not essential for ultimately we working together to create a society that looks more like it takes care of our needs to eat breathe be free uh be who we want to be um, and that 
that that's a commonality. I mean, and how, what that would look like is is not common between men, let alone between women and between women and men. That will have to be worked out through the course of building our world together. Like, and and this is where I would say it, it will have to be about building before it's about burning, um, because if can men and women work together to construct something under this tyranny that we live under, they will have to. Um, will that be something that provides them food and and water uh, and does, doesn't force them into a war or doesn't say you you gives them bodily autonomy and says you have to do this and this to your body gives them body freedom and freedom of motion to me those are the much more those are across the board things that i think people would share in common so what we have in common is much more than i would say than those differences that that exist there and any free society would have to figure out a whole menagerie of differences that exist not just between men and women but among men and among women because there are going to be differences there even about needs and things like that well, yes, I, I, I guess uh, here's why I think of it as like basic, because when I was in sex work, uh, it just, there's more mental energy that my coworkers who were f- women had to take on than what I had to take on. For example, if I got raped, I didn't have, I mean, I was just thinking about if I got raped, I didn't think about if I got pregnant and that was different from my fellow coworker who was like constantly thinking like oh shit like if i get raped i'm going to get pregnant additionally i have to take care of that need no or like if, if we were going to do sex work like i could continue the following day but if she had her menstrual period she couldn't work because some men don't like to see blood coming out of a vagina and having that in their sex uh performance you know like it they had to pause so they couldn't get paid on time or whatever, or they had to pause for the period that they were. So I felt like there are things that I didn't experience that I, I had my, my fellow coworkers like that even though she got paid more than what I did, there were still hindrances to, because of their physicality, they couldn't control, you know, their reproductive organ from like someone in and being inseminated forcefully to them or, and their menstrual period monthly. And these things are just, I think that's what, when that came to my mind when Jess said basic, like I do think that there are basic differences that are going to affect you in this resistance that you're going to have to mentally just take on a little bit more that is than, than what we might take on as men. No, that's what I, I think for me comes to mind. I was just thinking about specifically people in my head when I was, working so that, that's just to me like what can come up to me well and too, see that. You're, you're not gonna have a healthy society unless we support mothers because right. otherwise there was the other time. i mean if we have no mothers we have no society and i mean it's just the reality like they will birth the children you know they will breastfeed the children in a healthy society and I mean, all, all of us here, we came from our mother. So that, that's what I kind of mean when I, when I say basic, like, like literally like origin, like you, you came from your mother. And so I think to, to deny that, um, distinction between the sexes is, is just a recipe for 
a disembodied society. I was born for my brother, my mother, but I was conceived between my father and my mother, you know, right. and if my dad wasn't around, I wouldn't exist. So, um, I, I think the, the, the sex they had was a human activity. One, one of those people, the woman was going to give birth to me. The other one was going to <laughs> provide the sperm that would allow, you know, the egg to the join with the egg to produce a, the potential for a human. Um, so I, I don't, I know more bias the idea of taking care of mothers than I do fathers. We're going to have to take care of mothers and fathers and boys and girls and intersex. I believe if that society doesn't, if it can't, it's not capable of taking care of those folks' needs and needs of food and shelter and, and liberty, then it's not a revolutionary society worth fighting for. But those needs Another are different, so level of needs, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't thing. think there's a, I don't think, I think they'll be different for some mothers, but I think even among a set of mothers, there's going to be differences as there will be for a set of fathers. But to, to, to segment them off, father's needs over here and mother's needs over there, I don't think so. I actually think fathers but, and mothers but, are going to need freedom, food, air, water, peace. Um, and that's what, and, and they're going to have to figure out how to do that together. Right, right, but, but it's like for women, go ahead. Whether or not you want to acknowledge it or not, like just the example that Eduardo gave, which is basically like differences in hormones, right? Like your males have basically like a two-hour hormone cycle. We have a 28-day on average. Actually, I don't think that's correct. That's just like the stereotype. But, um, you know, so it's we cannot acknowledge it, but it's going to affect every single one of those things that you said in terms of our daily lives and like how we, how we act, how we relate to each other, our energy levels, our health, like all of it. Um, and just the other thing I just, just kind of popped into my mind, which is kind of back on Eduardo's point, but also this idea of like origin, um, institutional religion actually has been a huge like has had a huge part in this psyop in my opinion in the sense that they long before you know drag queens and cross-sex hormones pretty much every institutional religion made the creator male right which is such a flip from reality, right? Like this idea that, you know, some version of a dude, God, creator, whatever, that that's like coded as masculine is just like such a testament to how upside down everything is, right? Um, and there are, of course, like in a lot of indigenous communities, um, the creator's female, you know, you have sky woman or whoever it may be, um, or the creatrix, right? But I, I think that's actually... Now that I'm thinking about it, like that, that is super relevant <laughs> to like creating this whole, this whole psyop that, um, you know, that, that birth is something that can only happen, you know, from a mother, from a female. And if we don't have the language to describe that, like not labels, but like, if we don't have the language to describe reality, it, we're headed downhill. Right. And we see that with, with this. Yeah. Okay. It's woke and like 
um, trendy and whatever birthing person and they and all of it right um pe- people with whatever people with cervixes um all this kind of stuff chest feeding um but it's a really it's a slippery slope and i think we're <laughs> we're down it already man there's so much else i wanted to bring up but maybe we'll do part two we have to do part two yeah All right. Um, so what do you think, Eduardo? Did we get through this? I I I think yes, it was it was a I'd have to look at it was a lot covered. And um so uh yeah, we have to do part two. We have to do part two. And just you feel two. like you spoke more of your thoughts authentically. Yeah, I, I, it's, I'm not trying. I was not not being authentic before. No, no, no. But you. I think I, I was just like, uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I think it was good. I don't know. We'll see. I'll watch it back on the edit. I'm I'm glad you're willing to do it because I actually think it's important for people to hear the kind of different kind of cycles we went through in this discussion. You probably would be too, Andy. You know, like even just being adjacent, yes. turf adjacent. We're not we're not calling you out as a trans hating blah 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 or something like I, I'm I'm giving you a pla- I'm platforming a, a a hate person like yourself. Yeah. Do you have was... to do you have to do pronouns in your job? Like, do you have to go on the first day or whatever? It was more an issue at my last school. Yeah. To be honest, and you're right. I actually would have liked this episode to come up to be at mission still, like so I could be there so people could really just go nuts. But actually at our my new school, it doesn't get talked about as much. I mm. also think the fact that it's middle schoolers, like this this kind of stuff is happening more at that ninth, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade thing going on. You're uh, not seeing like a whole lot of I am not seeing a lot of that in, in middle school at least at my middle school i was seeing you are right i was seeing more and more of it developing at high school um and it is i i used to see it as as exclusively liberatory an expression of people like freeing themselves and now i'm of two minds like i go oh this is also something pernicious while at the same time, I do want people to be able to be who they want to be. I know you do too as well. So there, that's the tension I was in. The push, what I, I would have described what seems like a push from below for freedom yeah. being captured now by people who are looking to make you trapped. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, yeah. Well, I have more to say, but we'll, yeah. I'll say next time. And you know, Andy, lastly, you know, I was going to say, this is the last thing, I was to say, there are some women that went after you in the socialist circles you were in, ISO. Do you remember that? And um, I was thinking as you were talking, Jesus, the way that you were talking, if if they don't watch this entire video in context, it's as if you just don't, like, I could see some of the women coming back after you. That's the reason why the ISO was fucked, because you didn't consider those basic differences. Right. And that's... Something, but I know you were not participating. Yeah, there was a lot that happened that you were not a participation of, but the exploitation of women in yeah. the ISO that I actually challenged you on 
um, in an episode before, um, I could see how people could think that you are like um, covering or or maybe just wanting or just staying out of it. It's like yeah. a, a complacent to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I was thinking you could get canceled and and forever canceled, Andy as well. <laughs> I don't think many of those people look at these episodes any longer. <laughs> All right. Let's conclude. Well, before I conclude, I just want to say, um, for this this part season. Um, so we'll do part two of this discussion. I think there was I didn't expect that this discussion to go the way it did. And it is uh I there's a lot that I'm also like sorting out in this discussion, and I appreciate the bravery. Um of Jess, of of Andy, and um, it, and I'm constantly looking for courage within me to have these challenging discussions. As I first remember, we did with the identity politics episode a long time ago when we started What's Left. So uh, that's what we are about here on What's Left, right? To have those challenging conversations that are not normally discussed in other political forums. Um, no, no pun intended. In binary kind of uh, political. <laughs> Um, uh, left versus right kind of um, paradigm ways of thinking. So um, we'll do part two and we'll see what comes out of that. There's a lot to uncover. Population control, homophobia, colonization, colonization versus exploitation. And um, and I um, also was going to discuss about the issue around minors. I didn't get a chance to discuss that part. But um, And then Jess also had some ideas. So we'll do part two. And uh, and people should definitely check out the links in the episode notes about uh, the two resources that just shared with me in our group as well. I think I don't remember now, but uh, that I think will also be more of an understanding of what we were talking about in this episode. Right. <clears throat> well, that does this, that does it for this week's episode. What's left is a weekly political podcast channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about. Uh, our topics and our guests on the episode notes where you found this episode. You can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks, if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate, rate, view, turn on your notifications to any of our eight platforms, to any of our platforms, excuse me, <clears throat> on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes where you found this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or just something for us to cover, contact us through our blog. And uh, and we'll check you all next time. I'm Eduardo Huerta with co-hosts Jessica and Andy Lipson. And Kenny will be back with us when he's done with his sabbatical. Uh, and thank you for listening. Ciao.